do you want to make an OnlyFans? Sure. That's a blessing for me. I should be able to do it too. You're, I don't know, privileged, I guess. You feel like it's working? I ask myself that every single day. Hi, so I'm Raquel. Raquel Rose. I also go by Your Hairdresser. That's my new OF page. I got rid of my old one. And um, how did I get started on OnlyFans? Uh, well, I started during COVID. I think that's like when everybody kind of started. <laughs> I feel like that's when it really blew up. I do know a lot of other people that started it earlier, but yeah, I just started during COVID. I didn't really know what to do with myself and that's how it, that's how it went. Now, were you kind of like, you know, were you doing the whole social media thing like before OnlyFans ever came in or... Did you kind of just get heavy into it after OnlyFans? So I was doing it before, um, but I never really, I don't take anything serious. So I didn't, I really didn't take it serious either. Uh, I think I just now recently started taking it serious because like I, I finally, after all these years of just getting clout and going viral here and there, I finally was like, oh, this is an actual like business. Like this is something that you can literally change your life with because I have a lot of friends that are like you know they make I don't know a million dollars <laughs> over a million dollars they make a hundred thousand dollars in a month and I just remember thinking to myself like I never could have imagined it so I just recently started getting more into it now because of the simple fact that I know people that are making these numbers and it's like, I can make these numbers. Like, why can't I? All of us can. But to answer your question, I was doing it before, but again, it wasn't like serious for me. It was just post a booty pic. Let's see if a couple people like it and then it would get attention here and there. I would get like DMs from celebrities and, you know, rappers and this and football people and basketball people and like it was like kind of like a oh now I'm getting in this crowd kind of thing so I can like meet more people or whatever long story short it was more of like connection type of thing that I took it as versus me taking it as a business so now I recently started taking it a little bit more seriously that's okay. So you basically started out, you were kind of just doing social media for fun. And then you realized how much money your friends were making. Um, yeah. So when you started with OnlyFans and everything like that, one of the biggest things or, or you know, I guess why a lot of creator creators are hesitant is that they are afraid of judgment, you know, from friends, from family, from stuff like that. Did you get a lot of that from, oh, yeah. from family and stuff? 100%. 100%. I even got it from even you can watch a lot of my videos and you'll see people that I've actually known from like a long time ago messaging and saying like, oh, you're an idiot. You're stupid. You're this. You're fat. You're ugly. I mean, you know, sky's the limit in terms of all of whatever you want to say. And I definitely got a lot of backlash, not only from friends, family, um, just from strangers. <laughs> and you have to take it with a grain of salt. I think that I think I definitely think that anybody that wants to be an OnlyFans person, whether it be a model or whatever the case may be, because it's not just from females, it's also for males, you have to literally do it like a business. And in the sense that as a business per as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're going to get people not wanting to support you, not wanting to do anything, but that like just hones your way so that you can have that 
level of success that you expect, if that makes any type of sense of what I'm saying. So you're going to get backlash. You would get it if you, even if you decided to open your own business, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. Like I, I equate them kind of the same or like similar. So how did, so how do you sort of like mentally overcome because, okay, so you know, for a lot of creators, they have, you know, family, parents that have, that are, you know, super conservative and stuff like that. And, you know, they'll basically be, you know, kicked out of the family or for a certain period of time, you know, they're just super afraid of that type of thing, but they really want to do OnlyFans. Um, Did you like, so with your personal family, did they, did they sort of like disown you for a period of time and then get over it? Or was it like, uh, you know, did they eventually sort of, of come to terms with it? Yeah. So I've always, well, actually not always recently. It's so weird when you own your own truth. And when I say that, I mean, like, I don't care anymore what anybody thinks of me because I've gone numb at this point. So, yeah, I mean, like you can literally say for blame terms, we can bleep this out, but ho, prostitute, slut, bitch, this, that, you know, (laughs) you can say whatever you want to say. And at some point, it just happened so much. I I try to think of like an actual celebrity and like Kim Kardashian, people talk so much crap about her, you never see it really affect her that much. So I try to tell myself, act like that. And when somebody or someone in my family tried to disown me, which it did happen in the past, I was, you know, like 18 and they're like, your daughter's a whore, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, So it it affected me a little bit because I was really young and I didn't have, I mean, I'm still young, but like, you know, like I was young minded. I just got out of high school. I literally didn't know anything and I'm being, I'm being disowned. So I just had to come out of my body after I went to like, I actually went to Mexico stayed there for a couple of months and that actually really helped me kind of find my true self and own who I am and love myself and like not care what anybody said about me or feeling disowned. And now I'm in a position where I'm doing better financially and my family actually comes to me for help or things like that because I have cash on hand to be able to do those things. So I'm not really disowned anymore. And for anybody that ever experiences that, don't if this is what you really want to do and if you're not ever worried about getting leaked on the internet or whatever like now I have attorneys that can do that so like I'm not worried about being leaked or my content being exposed to like the wrong person or my family seeing my content I don't care anymore but if you do care then this is probably not the right field for you you know right exactly and so Okay, so so you basically went to Mexico for for a period of time. Was that did you like did you actually think about that and say I'm going to go and kind of have this time to myself and kind of figure out what I'm doing or was it kind of just you went there with friends to party and you kind of, you know, came to these realizations or tell tell us about that. Yeah, so when I went to Mexico the first time it was for my birthday and uh, I fell in love with it and I was like, wow, this place is magical. And there's a constant saying, there's a lot of like this is a rude term, so I apologize to anybody, but it's kind of like a hippie vibe over there. You know, like everyone's all spiritual, like, oh, you know, the, the earth is so beautiful and the, the sun and the sky, look at it. You know, like they're just like, they're literally outworldly. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool because it um, it gave me like a sense of direction that I never had before. And this 
this I felt like it was enlightening me to open up in my brain to new experiences, if that makes sense. So with that being said, because I was around a lot of spiritual people, I attended seminars and you know just group like things with friends when I oh by the way I forgot to say because I have AD sorry <laughs> um when I when I went there for vacation I decided a couple months later like I need to go back and then through that when I went back I stayed there and I was going to only stay for a month and um I ended up staying longer than that I stayed for about five five months four or five months ish and um during that time process that's when I um went to those seminars, et cetera, et cetera. And I really just kind of started to like literally love myself and maybe not love myself, but find what truly makes me happy and really hone in on what really makes me happy. And for me, I found not worrying about what other people think, who cares if I'm, you know, out there being disowned by this person having comments about that person, just those things just don't really affect me anymore. And I was, I really do feel that Tulum made that better for me. Before we started talking, I was, you know, I was taking a look at, at your podcast, some of the different clips and people that you had on there. And <laughs> I thought your podcast was great, but tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Did you go into your podcast as kind of just another thing that you wanted to do for fun? Or did you look at it more like, okay, we could use this to sort of drive traffic and, and build business and stuff like that? What, what was the kind of thought behind that? Yeah, so our thought behind that was definitely pure business. There was no let's do this for fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's cool. We have a great time doing it. But we were like, no, we're going to make off the air an actual business. Let's do call her daddy style. Let's do, um, you know, no chaser or these big ones or Lena the plugs, you know, uh, plug talk. Let's do like, let's do what they're doing and let's try to get to where they're at and let's hustle the hell off and make this a business because these platforms really not only push people out there or push us out there into the algorithm because these clips either go viral or they're just genuinely funny and these people want to support us. So we're also driving traffic to our pages, not only from just like us doing clout chasing stuff, but also from like a comedic point of view, a knowledgeable point of view, like an informative point of view. There's so many different ways for us to get drive traffic back to us. So like we were thinking to ourselves, like, let's do uh, off the air and let's, which is the podcast, let's make that blow up and let's see what we could do. So we're trying one day at a time. <laughs> I thought it was great. And it's, and it seems like you are getting some traction, but how, how is it actually working as far as a, a strategy point of view? Do you feel like it's working? I do think it's working. So we also post... Are, it's a lot of work just so if anybody thinks it's easy it's definitely not I know a lot of people are making podcasts right now and you know it's how do I describe it a lot of people are making podcasts right now and they're just like I don't know I think because everybody sees everything and it's kind of monkey see monkey do and again we're kind of the same way so not trying to sit here and be like oh we're like original we're so cool <laughs> but I think a lot of people are making podcasts and I think they really don't understand the actual like work that needs to go into it. It is so hard, number one. Number two, 
to answer what you were saying, again, because I have ADD, I can never answer the question straight on, and I apologize. <laughs> um, we also post our videos on OnlyFans TV, which is its own separate identity. And through just our first posting, we saw how rewarding that was for us. It was really insane. I don't want to throw out numbers, but it was like mind blown. We were like jaw drop, literal jaw drop. So OnlyFans TV is really where it's at, but it's a matter of like, how do you get OnlyFans TV to shout you out? Thankfully for us, I work with someone who's really plugged in and that's how we got in. I think anybody can make it, but getting that feature on the OnlyFans TV platform, that's something that I'm really proud of. <laughs> Interesting. Because that was like, that was game changer for us. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a lot of um, creators that sort of ask me about OnlyFans TV and I don't really know that much about it, to be honest. So I don't really know. Um, is it, is it something, so obviously, you know, when you're posting on Instagram reels, you're posting on YouTube, YouTube shorts, you can obviously, you know, post your links in the video descriptions and, and in your bio and all these different things to drive traffic back to, you know, what, it, whatever it is that you're promoting. Does OnlyFans TV have like a, a feature like that? Or do you mainly have to sort of promote yourself directly on whatever the video is? Or like, how do you sort of use that as, uh, as promotion? When you're doing that, it's still arguably clean because you're fully clothed. You're not promoting sex work per se, if you want to say, call it, call it that, I guess you're just putting out information into the world and you want to do that with OnlyFans TV. It has to be clean. There is no, Oh, you know, like there is none of that. You cannot do that. They will block you, ban you. They will not post your content. So it has to be really, really, really clean. Now the topics themselves don't have to be clean. Like let's say you're a sex therapist and you want to educate people on, you know, like sex therapy. That's not the problem. It's not the topic. It's the way that you will go about it. Like if you're a sex therapist and you're on the bed shaking your ass, twerking, they're not going to post that. But if you're a sex therapist sharing informative information, then they would probably post that. So basically clean, you know, it has to be clean content and that's the big caveat with uh, OnlyFans TV. And that's what we did. So we posted just our podcast, which if it can go on YouTube, then it can go on OnlyFans TV. But in fact, OnlyFans TV is even stricter than YouTube. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, I learned, I learned something new today then. <laughs> Interesting. <Happy to help. laughs> so, do you, so you started during the pandemic. Obviously, that was kind of like the heydays when OnlyFans was going super viral and and everything like that. Do you feel like it's become much harder since then, or more saturated since the pandemic days? TikTok was a thing then. TikTok, you could really just and I didn't utilize it to the fullest extent. Like I'm an idiot. That's my own fault. It is what it is. Um, but if I had went like the TikTok route during COVID and kept just throwing things out there and blowing myself up, creating a fan base. I think that my OnlyFans would have been way different. But at the time, I was an OnlyFans, I'm sorry, an Instagram person. So being an Instagram person, I had a huge following on there and I wasn't able to really fully understand I need to manage all of these different platforms. Back then, you didn't need to do that. It just needed to be one main one, one main page 
For example, mine was Instagram. That was my bread and butter. I knew how to use that. I was in and out of it, um, all around it. I knew how to use Instagram through and through. I didn't really know how to use the new platform, so I was kind of like a little bit, like I didn't use them as much because I would just like, oh, post it here and there and be like, huh. <laughs> you know, now I think that because of the saturation, you really need to understand how each platform works. You really need to understand what works for you, what doesn't work for you, where you're trying to go with it. Like you have to have a literal full direction, which it kind of brings it back to like, you need to treat it like a business. It can't just be something where you do it for fun. And I think for me, it was something where I was doing it kind of like, ah. Uh, Somebody DM'd me and was like, hey, do you want to um, make an OnlyFans? And I used to always say, no, 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 because I was always worried about my, my family. I was like 20 years old at that time. So, and I was in college and like, I was just afraid to take that next step because I thought it was going to lead me into like this path of crazy sex work, like real crazy sex work, like deep down in the deep dive of <laughs> sex work. I didn't really understand. Like it just was porn was porn and then like this is soft porn you know like I've been like I'm not really soft porn but like I'm doing like what they do in the movies you're like you're naked like who cares like whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> so I was treating it like that and like I definitely never took it as a business and I think that now because of the saturation you, everything has to you have to literally know everything you have to dot your i's cross your t's and if you start doing things where you're just like eh whatever. I don't think you're going to find success. Or like if you're doing it where again, like I think a lot of people too, this is not answering, this has nothing to do with what you're saying, but I notice a lot, especially in our group, a lot of the girls that are in our group, they make posts and then they're like, it got banned. And it's like, you're literally naked. Like, what are you doing? That is not how you make a video. And I'm obviously, I'm not going to be rude to tell them like not to do that, but you can tell why they're picture got banned right you know like you have to think outside of the box like how you were saying in the in your actual course which is why your course is great so in the course like you literally will say pick a niche but don't make your niche literally just being oh i'm sexy like no it doesn't work like that right and i think it's hard because you know like you said during the pandemic it was kind of the heydays only fans was taking off TikTok was also still relatively new, but getting a ton of traction. And at that time, that was what worked is kind of doing the little thirst trap videos on TikTok. They would get millions and millions of views. And so I think a lot of creators got into that habit and, and they just thought, oh, well, this is how it's going to be forever. And then eventually, you know, everybody finds out the platform gets more saturated. And then obviously TikTok is starting to think, okay, we don't really want this to be the entire platform. So they start, you know, banning all these types of accounts. But I think creators have a really tough time sort of breaking that habit um, and sort of adopting, you know, these these sort of different types of, of content, building an actual, you know, personal brand and things like that. So I think it's just a, a, a tough thing for a lot of creators to sort of transition out of those habits that work so well at one point in time. And now they just don't really work that well anymore. Yeah. Um, so now it's hard to think outside the box. It took me what, two years to figure that out, you know, that I need to start taking this as a business. 
before I used to do exactly that. And then I'd be like, why am I getting banned? And it's like, duh, because your ass is out. Like, what the hell? You know, and like, yeah, some people can get away with it, but you're not that person. So like, stop complaining, get to work and like, stop thinking that you're, I don't know, privileged, I guess, really, because like, we're all nobodies in this little world of trying to become somebody. Well, I think that's a, a key thing that you just said right there is because a lot of creators will get stuck in that loop because of what you just said. They'll see, so, oh, well, she's getting away with it. She does it. You know, they're, they're putting all these videos out there. Why don't they get banned? I should be able to do it too. And it's not, you know, and that, and, and modeling your own content or trying to copy what other creators are doing just because they're getting away with it is not necessarily the best strategy for longevity (laughs) in most cases. (laughs) Yeah. If it's not working for you, move to the next thing and pivot. Think to yourself, what can I do to set myself apart? I ask myself that every single day. And some people may think that I've set myself apart, but I don't truly believe that. How do I sit and make myself set myself apart? For example, that girl that made herself that robot, and she goes, mm, yum, yum, ice cream, yum. Like, you know, like the robot model girl. I don't know if you've saw I her ha- on TikTok. I, ha- I do know who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, uh, she recently went viral because what did she do? She set herself apart. She created her own niche. And maybe it wasn't her own niche, but she added a little flavor to something that's already been out there. And if you can do that... Now you've got a brand. Now you've got an identity and now you set yourself apart and now you're going to go viral. They just like the algorithm just wants to see, yeah, you can copy things. And like, yeah, I've copied somebody and my video got 5 million views. Okay, cool. That was amazing. It actually converted really well. And that helped me build my whole new page. Very grateful for it. But that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that I can keep doing that. Like I have to set myself apart and I have it. I have to figure out how to like do a brand identity for myself. And every day I ask myself that question, how can I set myself apart? What's, what's kind of like the craziest situation you've ever had? Like not necessarily just only fans, but just as a social media influencer in general, I mean, you're, you're hanging out with different crowds. I mean, you're really sort of deep in the, in the whole social media influencer life and, and everything like that. What's kind of the craziest situations you've run into doing that? I mean, I won't say what rapper it is, but I mean, like, I feel like I got abducted by a rapper once or was like close to getting abducted by one once before. And like, thankfully, I got out of it, you know, but it was just like, is this guy serious? You know, like, it's it was just it's crazy scenarios. And then funny enough, he's gotten a lot of shit for it in the past. Like you can find that he's done this to other people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious because I, there's, there's a lot of creators who, um, you know, they, they put the, the whole kind of social media influencer lifestyle on a pedestal, but a lot of times it's glorified in their head much bigger than what it actually is once you, once you get there. Um, yeah. But do you, do you actually have like you know, when you're just out and about, do you have a lot of people that recognize you on the street or anything like that that come up to you and they're like, hey, Raquel, what's I've seen you on TikTok or I've seen you on Instagram or this and that. Does that happen? It doesn't happen a lot, but it has happened before. And it's just like, of course, it's like the times where I'm like the most ugliest human being on the planet of the <laughs> earth. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. That's me being um, materialistic and like caring about my looks. But 
you know, they'll be like, oh, I know you from blah, 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 or they've seen something here and there or whatever. And they recognize me or something like that. But, you know, I'm just like, hey, what's up? How are you? And sometimes they'll ask to take a picture and I'll take a picture and, you know, then I move on my day. Um, it has happened. It doesn't happen a lot, <laughs> but it has happened. So I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. What's your kind of like, what's your sort of like goal situation? Is there a certain kind of like dollar amount or a certain type of business that you want to have um, where you'll finally kind of be like, okay, I made it. I'm good. This is what I wanted. Like what's kind of the goal situation? So my current goal right now, I've been working on it for like two years. I spent thousands of dollars in it and I lost like 20,000 cause I got scammed. Um, but I really want to start my own hair care line. So once I make that come to life, then I'll feel like, okay, like I'm starting to get my goals on track. Um, for me, I don't know right now. I mean, I do know, I don't really think there's a number for me. And it's funny because I ask that question a lot. I always say to people that we're interviewing, I'm like, how much is enough money? And I don't really think that there's a number to that. If I had to throw one out there, I think that I could like definitely comfortably live as of right now and knowing with what I currently make, like I make six figures now. Once I hit a million, I feel like, okay, that's a, that's a, a, a milestone. I think for me, at least it's, once you get past a certain number in terms of money, it's less about the dollar amount, but more about just the progression of these different challenges and projects that you work on. Uh, for me, yeah, for me, it's just the, the, the fun and the fulfillment of progressing on a certain goal or a certain project. It's not necessarily um, a certain dollar amount. I mean, that's a piece of it, of course, but I think it's just more kind of the, the fulfillment of progressing at something. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That's exactly what I was trying to say, but I'm a terrible storyteller. <laughs> I always joke about that. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I you're actually a good storyteller, like and I'm I'm too basic with my... <laughs> <laughs> no, I like simplicity. Simplicity is, like, key for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I 100% agree with that. There is no number. So I'm curious about about oh, yeah. your when you got scammed for twenty thousand dollars. What what actually happened there? Okay, um, so I wanted to start the hair care line, and I started doing all this research. When I went to college, I had access to um, like a database that allowed me to just do some like extensive research. I have a master's degree, so and, and it's a master's degree in business. So I went on the database at, at, at college, and the point of the story of me mentioning the master's is that I had learned how to find companies and their manufacturers and things like that. Through that, by the way, I don't recommend anybody to go to college unless you feel like you need to. I, I always say this. This is the worst advice ever. It's not the worst advice, but this is truly what I believe. If you don't want to be a lawyer or a doctor, don't go to college. I don't need to have a master's degree in business to tell you what I know now. I've actually, I've the actually, master's degree in business, arguably I agree me. with that a hundred percent. I've actually, I don't know how many times said basically that same exact thing. Like if you're going to college just for the sake of going to college because you think your parents want you to or whatever, then 
chances are, you know, you're wasting your own life, you're wasting their money, and you're not going to end up doing anything that you <laughs> studied in college. So if you don't, if you don't know specifically what you want to do, and college is a, a, a mandatory barrier to get there, then sure, it makes sense. But if you're going just to go, I agree with what you're saying 100%. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. Actually, no, it wasn't. I'm lying. I wanted to be a doctor. I still would be a doctor. I just, I didn't want to be a slave to the healthcare world. That's pretty much what it is. Like in my brain, I do think that they've become slaves to the healthcare world. They have to work 60, 80 hours a week. And yeah, they make good money, but they make like $300,000. And I do that now ish like and that's like on a really high paying scale some doctors only make a hundred thousand dollars some doctors make a hundred fifty thousand dollars like I think the average I don't know what the average is for a doctor but the average is like I know in the hundreds not in the three hundreds like you have to do a lot of specialization a lot of um residencies a lot of this a lot of that to be able to get even to, into the sector of three hundred thousand and I wanted to be a plastic surgeon I absolutely am obsessed with aesthetic I thought about it again, like I thought about going back. But long story short, I have an undergrad in biology. So if I want to be a doctor at some point in time, I have that. I'm very grateful for that because I do want to actually be a doctor or I, in my brain I wanted to. Let's say when I turn like 40 years old, I could still go back to medical school if I decide to, which that's a blessing for me. So for me, I did want to be a doctor and it made sense. But then as I started to become more knowledgeable, I think in my brain, um, I felt, okay, this is not what I want to do right here, right now, right here, right now. I want to have fun. I want to live my life. And thankfully for me that I've been put in a position where I'm able to do that. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, Moral to the story, though, where I was going, let's get back to the scamming part. I apologize. <laughs> um, the, the scamming part. Uh, okay, so I started doing research on manufacturers and all this stuff. I find manufacturers that are willing to do it. They tell me that they're going to make what I want, but I only get to get, uh, I only get to pick three products. No, three, yes, yeah, three products because it goes based off of the products, how much you want, quantity, and then it also goes off of revisions, especially if you're doing a startup. And because I'm a hairdresser, which is why my username on OnlyFans is your hairdresser, um, I wanted to really formulate it myself. Long story short, found a manufacturer after talking to them. They tell me it's $15,000. So I say, okay, I give them $15,000. I wired it to them, like, again, stupid, don't fucking do that. You should be giving them, like, a little bit amount. Like, you should have them make the formula for you first, and then you tell them, I will pay you. Like, it's my stupid fault, but I don't know anything. Like, I'm just graduating college. I'm, like, what, 23, 20, no, 22 years old. This was all going on during COVID, but mind you, because I was, I had the money to do it. So... This was two years two years ago. Um, I'm 22 years old. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And I'm trying to make a whole new product. Like I'm trying to design this whole new product that no one's ever heard of. And I'm doing it all alone by myself. I have no guidance, no mentors, no but nobody. And I'm just like, okay, $15,000 here, take it. 
You know, I give them $15,000. They send me out these shitty ass revisions and I only gotten three. That was a contract I signed for. Um, I was only able to get three revisions on it and none of them were good. Like it just wasn't up to my standards. I actually just threw away um, a whole entire box of them. I still have stuff where I keep it in my storage. Um, but they're just trash. It's garbage. I need to throw it away, but I still look at it like a dollar sign. And I think to myself, like, don't throw it away. Like you spent so much money on it, but honestly, it's just trash. Like it's not anything I'm ever going to use. It's not anything I'm ever going to give out. Maybe I'll like donate it to the homeless, but honestly, it's two years now. And I wouldn't want to give that to a homeless person. That's fucked up. So <laughs> I'm just gonna have to throw it away and just bear. I have to bite the bear. And then the other $5,000 was me just kind of setting everything up. It was, um, I was trying to get things patented and trademarked. I had paid an attorney for that. Um, it was, that was like two grand. And then the formation of the business of the LLC and stuff like that. It wasn't a lot of money. I think that's probably like 500 bucks. And then the other two grand was like probably something else. I don't, honestly don't even remember right now off the top of my head, but it was like something, you know? So all of that kind of took up on its own little thing. And then you're just stuck in this position where you're like, damn, I need more money. <laughs> If I really, if let's just say that it worked out and I got the uh, formulation right, everything was perfect, then I would need to like start doing marketing. And then, yeah, you could just do TikTok marketing, you know, but you still need to pay for ad space on other platforms because you can't just rely on TikTok and like you could if you want to scale it a little bit. But either way, you're still going to have to do advertising, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you need models, you need to pay photographers, you need to pay videographers, you need to pay for this, you need to pay for that, you need to pay for this, da, 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 da. And, you know, and, and then I really started to realize that if you want to start an actual startup and do it the right way, I need at least 150000 200000 realistically. By the way, if you want to learn the best systems and strategies to grow your social media and really level up your skills to get more fans consistently, be sure to check the link down in the description below, or you can scan the QR code on the screen here. Remember, average skills are going to give you average results, and average is not going to pay your bills in this business. It's up to you to master these skills and learn how to properly promote your account if you want to see real long-term success in the business. And now back to the podcast. So I, so when I was looking at your, uh, you know, some of your content and stuff before this interview, I went to chat GPT. Are you, are you familiar with chat GPT? That's like my God. <laughs> I love it. I actually use God GPT, God mode. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So I, I've been trying to learn how to make it my assistant. I have not learned how to do it yet, but I've been trying. So nice. Hard. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's all, it's all coming. I mean, it's possible to do all that stuff right now, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more stuff coming to where it makes it just super basic and super easy. Um, but anyway, I went to chat GPT and I said, what are some controversial, would you rather scenarios related to being a social media influencer? And it came up with some pretty, pretty interesting ones. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's okay, go. so number one, um, if you were broke and on the brink of losing your house, would you rather endorse a product you don't believe in for a huge paycheck or maintain authenticity and integrity by promoting only products you gen genuinely love, even if it means earning less? Uh, if I was on the brink of losing my house, I would rather do something that I didn't want to do to survive than to be authentic. Like, no, that's a bad choice of words though, because that sounds like you're like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it for the money. But like, honestly, like realistically, you have to think 
I think that one of it's not a good thing, but I do notice in society, like societal norms nowadays, it, everybody only cares about themselves. I don't feel that. I, I was also really young then, so I, I don't. I don't want to say this, but I just don't feel like it's. It was like that maybe a couple years ago. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I think that every people are really selfish. So you have to tell yourself, I have to be selfish. And with that being said, if I was going to lose my house that I worked for, like, let's say it's a mortgage. Like, if it's a rent, I probably realistically would be like, eh, fuck it. Like, I could get a better apartment at some point. Like, maybe I'll just shack up with a friend or I'll go back home or something. You know, well, my parents, <laughs> that's a whole other story. I wouldn't be able to go back home because, you know, <laughs> my home is their home. But anyways, the <laughs> story. <laughs> Long story short, um, uh, I would start stay with like a friend or something if I was renting. But like, let's say the scenario was that I had a house, I bought a house, and if I don't do this deal, I'm gonna lose my house that I put a down payment on, that I put my credit on the line for, that I did everything that I need to do to get, and I'm about to lose it. Like, no, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to make sure that I don't lose it. Now, I think that everything is based off of a situation type style. So if it was that situation, I'm selling whatever I got to sell to sell it, you know? <laughs> but if it's, if it's something that I don't really care about, if it's like an apartment that I don't own, then I'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. I'll stay authentic to, to myself to not lose my authenticity. The second one here, would you rather have your... Uh, okay. Would, would you rather have your personal life fully exposed online, including relationships, family, and private moments, or keep your personal life completely private, but struggle to connect with your audience on a deeper level? Oh, have it all. You can have my life relationships. When I go to sleep at night, you can have it all. I would love to be Omron. I just don't have I don't know how to start it. Like, I would love to be Amaranth. Like, I heard she, like, records herself while she's sleeping and she gets paid. Yeah. Sign me the That's a whole off. thing. Sign that's a whole That's off. a whole niche on TikTok is, is you know, doing the – there's a name for it. I can't think of the name for it. But, yeah, basically recording yourself uh, sleeping. And there's a lot of people making, like, pretty good money doing that. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, maybe I'll start picking up that little tray. I don't know because I think I would – I'm down. <laughs> It's not a bad way to make money. No. <laughs> okay, let's see. Number three, would you rather have your content go viral due to controversy or scandal but face significant backlash or have slow growth with positive, uplifting content? Viral. So something we actually talk about with, I don't know if you got to see clips or watch the Whoa Vicky uh episode that we did on the podcast but this was something that we actually talked about and what we talked about is that the world loves negative shit that's how whoa vicky went viral off of oh, negative I do, shit i do remember seeing a sh uh one of your shorts that where she mentioned that yeah 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 so with that being said because my livelihood is based off of creating content and making money and OnlyFans has unlimitless potential. Like there's no real like stopping point on OnlyFans in my belief system. So I feel that OnlyFans can like change your life overnight. And for me, 
because that's what I decided to do with my life, I would choose the controversial, argumentative, negative comments because I know that negative shit makes you blow up. And I would choose that any day of the week because of what I do for a living right. and what I chose to do for a living. Okay, so with with you personally, who's kind of like um... – who are the sort of influencers that you follow? Are there any certain influencers or people that you sort of take inspiration from, uh, you know, YouTubers or anything like that? Uh, recently, you know, uh, recently I've been really, I have like a serious appreciation for Amarant. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that's, that's like the one person that I think that it's like, she fucking did that. Like she took it went with a grain of salt and like went full on into the ocean with it. Like, I don't know. I just think she, she's done such a great job with her branding and like the amount of work I was trying to start like my own little Twitch stream and the amount of work that that girl puts into, it's not even like, I don't care if you don't like her, like whatever the case is, but like you have to appreciate someone's work ethic and her work ethic is like, I mean, honestly, the girl's on stream for eight hours a day sometimes. Sometimes 10 hours. Sometimes she's 24 hours. She'll be on stream just streaming, and she's always doing something on the stream to keep her viewers entertained. That's like, you can't find that on everybody. You can't even find that in someone like me. You know, it's me. Like, I want to do it on, the, on, like, the short side of things. Like, I would love to do that. But, like, realistically... That's insane to think of. Like, she really does that every single day of her life. You have to admire that. That's, like, insane to me. That's, like, real hard work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know? something because you mentioned, like, you're always kind of asking yourself, how can I, you know, how can I sort of stand out or how, how can I create something unique or interesting or something like that? And she was, I think, the first one that to sort of do the hot tub or the pool thing uh, live on stream or whatever and, and stuff like that. And that's kind of how she, like, her, her launch – uh, her launch pad, I guess you could say. Yeah, she saved that way. <laughs> yeah, so man, if you could, yeah. if you could just find some little quirky thing like that to do, I mean, that's I don't know how how she sort of came up with that idea or whatever, but I mean, that was that was a uh, you know that put her on the map. It did, and look at where she's at now. I mean, I think I saw an article. So when I first saw the article, where I started like looking into like who the hell is Amaranth, you know. It was uh, an article of Amaranth makes or girl makes a million dollars a month. And I looked at that article like, what? On OnlyFans. And it mentioned on OnlyFans. And I was like, what the fuck? How the hell? This is amazing. How? Who is this person, right? Like, I knew who it was, but, like, I had to, like, do a little bit of deeper digging. And then most recently, apparently she's doing, like, two million a month now. And that's, like, something that everybody I think wants it's just a matter of how the hell do I go get it and that's you need to just put in the work really there's no there is no there's no tips tricks <laughs> there's nothing other than put in the work and get on the fucking internet and just be on there all day long right if you want to see the same success and do it for a year you do it for a year I guarantee you'll know you'll see success exactly I think yeah I think that's a, a struggle that a lot of creators have is they see other people that are hitting huge numbers and then they go try to replicate what they're doing and they don't get sort of instant gratification and they're like, this doesn't work. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I have, I'm one of those people. I put in so much work and effort for an entire month and then I'll get like discouraged because what I experience a lot is, um, and I have to like come out of my body, but when you're first starting to get traction again after like getting so much engagement on a platform, you get so much engagement, like your engagement is like through the roof, you're in the millions for engagement and you're like, fuck, this is amazing, right? And then... One week, your engagement's at, like, 200,000. And your engagement's are real low. And you're like, fuck, what do I do? And you're scrambling. And you're, like, trying to make new stuff. And it's not hitting. And you get, like, depressed almost in a weird way. And then something will hit. And you go into the millions. And then you're like, fuck, yeah. Like, and you start feeling this godlike like mentality. And that's why I, I always mention that godlike mentality. It is disgusting. It's absolutely horrendous. You cannot get yourself into that position where like you think you're better than anybody and I try to like remind myself that so that when I get those highs and those ups and those downs for that seeing something go viral just keep making the content like who cares if it goes viral like I don't even try to look at the numbers that much like I'll look at the numbers and the only real big reason why I mentioned the Facebook one or the not the Facebook the most viral one that just recently went viral the nine million one is because I need to learn how to fix it. Like there's something going on with it where I'm trying to learn how to make something work. And I haven't been able to figure that out, which is conversion. And once I be once I figure out how to make that work, that's you know, that's that's what that is. But I guess where I was going with what I was trying to say is that um I definitely experience that like high and low and then then I'm like I get like Depressed is not the word, but not encouraged. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, you know, a super and I go common, the thing. Yeah, I think that's a super common because almost every creator that I talk to has has, or at least the ones that have hit in the highs. You know, there's always a point in time where there's going to be peaks and valleys, and I think it's it is kind of a tough like mind fuck when you're <laughs> like <laughs> sailing high for a minute and then it's yeah. you know down to the valley. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like being in a relationship, like. Let's say, I don't know, somebody buys you all these things one week or something and you're like really high and you're like, oh my God, or like you go on vacation and you get this vacation stuff and all this vacation niceness and blah, blah, blah. And then you come back home and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) and then you're seeking that again. It's really an adrenaline rush. Like that's really what it is. And the same thing happens with social media. So it's, it's finding that happy medium, that balance. I don't know about you, but I'll go on vacation and then I come back home exhausted. And it's because I'm just doing too much. And the same thing probably is going on with social media. I'm just doing too much. You do need to do a lot to be present online, like, you know, making content daily. and, and Or if you want to batch it, you can make it all in one day and do it for eight hours. That's fine, too. But you need to take the time and the place to do it and then just don't think, like, Obviously, look back on it so that you can stay engaged with like commenting and liking and da 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 and doing the things that you need to do to stay relevant. But you just can't really like hone in on the numbers. The numbers are what screw you. Yeah. It's kind of like money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. So I'll have um I'll have your you know your Instagram and your podcast and and all your stuff linked. Um, in the description, what are there any other channels that people can check you out on? I'm on every one. So it's always Raquel Rose across the board. And if it's not Raquel Rose, it's your hairdresser. And I'm really trying to build out your hairdresser. So 
if you want to find anything, just your hairdresser me. <laughs> nice. So um, <laughs> the last sort of question I like to ask everybody, if you could give advice to your, to a, to the younger version of yourself, what would that be? If I could give advice to the younger version of myself, I think it would be to get the fuck out of your head. Yeah. Like, just go for it. Don't worry about what other people say, think, whatever the case may be. I think a lot of time I was always, I was also fearing, like I was, I was fearing of everything. Like I was afraid, you know, of this. I was afraid of that. Like, don't be afraid. Just freaking go for it. Who cares? Who cares?